Welcome back, Hemming Brainiacs, to the podcast. Talking about a bit of the old John Milton again. Beautiful words in these poems, I thought. Um, Swim says the mama fishy is coming again with the description of the poems. Comus is a mask in honour of chastity. It was first presented in 1634 before John Ed- Egerton, first Earl of Bridgewater at Ludlow Castle, in celebration of the Earl's new post as Lord President of Wales. Here is a really fun fact. There is a psychedelic progressive folk rock band called Comus. The band was named after the Comus mask and also after the name of the Greek god Comus. Their 71 album, 1971, uh, first utterance was brought with them, which brought them a cult following, as a cool song called Song of Comus. Here's a link. Um, the god Kermis is the god of festivity, revels, and nocturnal dalliances, unlike the purely carnal pan or purely intoxicated Dionys. Kermis was a god of excess. Cool. Song to Kermis by the band Kermis. Looks very 70s. Very cool. Alright, thanks, Swim. For another little tidbit, today's poem is called Lycidius, no, Lycidus, a lament for a friend drowned in his passage from Chester on the Irish Seas, 1637. Yet once more, O ye laurels, and once more, ye myrtles brown with ivy never sear, I come to pluck your berries harsh and crude, and with a forced fingers rude. Shatter your leaves before the mellowing year. Bitter constraint and sad occasion, dear, compels me to disturb your season due. For Lycidas is dead, dead ear his prime, young Lycidas, and hath not left his peer. Who would not sing for Lycidas? He knew. Himself to sing and build the lofty rhyme. He must not float upon his watery bear, unwept and welter to the parching wind, without the meed of some melodious tear. Begin, then, sisters of the sacred well, that from beneath the seat of Jove doth spring. Begin, and somewhat loudly sweep the string, hence with denial vain and coy excuse, so may some gentle muse. With lucky words favour my destined urn, as he passes turn, and bid fair peace beat my sable shroud. For we were nursed upon the self-same hill, fed the same flock by fountain, shade, and rill. Together both ere the high lawns appeared, under the opening eyelids of the morn. We drove a field, and both together heard what time the grey fly winds, her sultry horn, battening our fo- flocks with the fresh dews of night, oft till the star rose that at evening bright. Toward heaven's descent, had slopped his westering wheel. Meanwhile, the rural ditties were not mute, tempered to the oaten flute. Rough satyrs danced and fawned with cloven heel. From the glad sound would not be absent long, and old Demetus loved to hear our song. But o'er oh, the heavy change, now thou art gone, now thou art gone, and never must return. Thee, shepherd, thee, the woods and desert caves, with wild thyme and the gadding vine are grown, and all their echoes mourn, the willows and the hazel copses green shall now no more be seen, fanning their joyous leaves 
to thy soft lays, as killing as the canker to the rose, or taintworm to the weanling herds that graze, or frost to flowers that their gay wardrop wear. When first the white thorn blows, such elicitous thy loss to shepherd's ear. Where were ye nymphs when the remorseless deep closed over the head of your loved Lycidas? For neither were ye playing on the steep, where your old bards, the famous druids, lie, nor on the shaggy top of Mona High, nor yet where Diva spreads her wizard stream, a me I fondly dream, had you been there, for what could that have done? What could the muse herself that Orpheus bore, the muse herself for her enchanting son, whom universal nature did lament, when by the rout that made their hideous roar his gory visage down the stream was sent, down the swift Hebrus to the lesbian shore. Alas, what boots it with incessant care to tend the homely lighted shepherd's trade and strictly meditate the thankless muse, were it not better done as others use to sport with Amaryllis in the shade or with the tangles of Nero's hair. Fame is the spurt that the clear spirit doth raise, that last infirmity of noble mind, to scorn delights and live laborious days, but the fair Guedon, when we hope to find and think to burst out in sudden blaze, comes into blind fury with the abhorred shears, and slits the thin-spun life, but not the praise. Phobus replied and touched my trembling ears, Fame is no plant that grows on mortal soil, nor in the glistening foil, and set off to the world, nor in broad rumour lies, but lives and spreads aloft by these pure eyes, and prefet witness of all judging Jove, as he pronounces lastly on each deed of so much fame in heaven expect thy meed. O fountain Arethus, and thou honoured flowered, Smooth sliding Mincius, clowned, crowned with vocal reeds, that I strain I hear, was that strain I heard was of a higher mood, but now my ode proceeds and listens to the herald of the sea that came in Neptune's plea. He asked the waves and asked the felon winds what harp mishap hath doomed this gentle swain, and questioned every gust of rugged wings that blows from off. Each beaked promontory, they knew not of his story. And sage Hippotades their answer brings, That not a blast was from his dungeon strayed. The air was calm, and on the level brine, Sleek Panope, with all her sisters played, It was that fatal and perfidious bark, Built in the eclipse and rigged with cursed ark, That sunk so low, that sacred head of thine. Next Camus, reverend sire, went footing slow, his mantle hairy and his bonnet sedge, inwrought with figures dim and on the edge, like to that sanguine flower inscribed with woe, ah, who hath reft, quoth he, my dearest pledge, last came and last did go, the pilot of the Galian lake. Two Two massy keys, he bore of metals twain, the golden opes and iron shuts amain. He shook his mitred locks and stern bespake. 
He well could I have sparred for thee, young swain, and now of such as for their belly's sake creep and intrude and climb into the fold of other care they like reckoning make. Then how to scramble at the shearer's feast and shove away the worthy bidden guest, blind mouths that scarce themselves know how to hold a sheep hook or have learned aught else the least. That to the faithful herdman's art belongs, what wrecks it them, what need they, they are sped. And when they list their lean and flashy songs, great on their scrannel pipes of wretched straw, the hungry sheep look up and are not fed, but swollen with wind and the rank mist they draw, rot inwardly and foul contagion spread besides what the grim wolf with privy paw daily devours apace and nothing said but that two-handed engine at the door. Stands ready to smite once and smite no more. Return, Alpheus, the dread voice is past. This that shrunk thy streams, return, Sicilian muse, and call the veils, and bid them hither cast. Their bells and florets of a thousand hues, yea, valleys low, where the mild whispers use, of shades and wanton winds and gushing brooks, on whose fresh lap the swart star sparely looks. Throw hither all your quaint enamelled eyes that on the green turf suck the honeyed showers and purple all the ground with vernal flowers. Bring the wraith primrose that forsaken dies, the tufted crow-tower and the pale jessamine, the white pink and the pansy freaked with jeet, the glowing violet, the musk rose, and the well-attired woodbine with cow's lips, one that hang their pensive head, and every flower that sad embroidery wears, bid Aramanthus all his beauty shed, and daffodillies fill their cups with tears to strew the laurel-eat hearse with lycid lies, for so to interpose a little ease, let our frail thoughts dally with false surmise, a me, Whilst thee, the shores and sounding seas wash far away, where ere thy bones and are hurled, whether beyond the stormy Hebrides, where thou perhaps under the whelming tide visitest the bottom of the monstrous world, or whether thou to our moist vows denied sleepst by the fable of Belarus old where the great vision of the guarded mount looks towards Namancos and Biona's hold. Look homeward, angel, now, and melt with Ruth, and, O ye dolphins, left, waft the hapless youth. Weep no more, woeful shepherds, weep no more, for Lycidas, your sorrow, is not dead, sunk, though he be beneath the watery floor. So sinks the day-star in the ocean bed, and yet anon repairs his drooping head, and tricks his beams, and with no... New spangled ore flames in the forehead of thy morning sky, so Lycidas sunk low but mounted high, through the dear might of him that walked the waves where others groves and other streams, along with nectar pure his oozy locks he laves, and hears the unexpressive up nuptial song in the blessed kingdom's meek of joy and love there entertain him in all the saints above in solemn troops and sweet societies that sing and swinging in their glory move and wipe the tears forever from his eyes now lycidas the shepherds weep no more henceforth thou art the genius of the shore 
in thy large recompense, and shalt be good to all that wander in that perilous flood. Thus sang the uncouth swain to the yokes and rills, while the still morn went out with sandals grey. He touched the tender stops of various quills, with eager thought warbling his Doric lay, and now the sun had stretched out all the hills, and now was dropped into the western bay. At last he rose and twitched his mantle blue, tomorrow to fresh woods and pastures new. Alright, there we go. That's the poem. Big one. Big one and a good one. Thanks for listening, folks. See you tomorrow.